1: Welcome back. Here we are again with another episode of the running rugby podcast episode one seven three Toby and Leo joining me once again. So two weeks down in our Northern tours um, and some pretty exciting results on the weekend. A little bit of heartbreak in the end for the Wallabies going down by one point in France, 30 to 29. We'll talk all about that in just a sec, but other gains from, uh, up north, we did see Italy take down Samoa, 49-17. Scotland uh, got a little bit troubled early by Fiji, but ended up coming back home in the second half, 28-12, to uh, thanks to three yellow cards to Fiji in this one. Uh, New Zealand put a stamp of dominance on Wales, 55-23 in this one. And Ireland take bragging rights um, and hold on to that number one position, taking down South Africa, a little bit of a... B team little bit of a different look to the South African team 19 points to 16 the Irish win that in Dublin um already mentioned France and the wallabies and then probably the biggest surprise we we touted it boys we we said it was a trap game Eddie Jones his men go down to Argentina by one point 30 points to 29 in Twickenham and that's just going to keep the drama running here um boys let's let's go back to France and the wallabies uh, we were we were up early watching this, and got some mix of some absolutely brilliant plays, some end of the world tries coming out in this one, and then bounce that back with total heartbreak watching Damien Pinot go over in the end of this one to put France back ahead and steal that win.
2: Yeah, that's that's the feeling. It's you're so uh, proud of the boys for. Managing the game and like just even, even that last penalty we scored, um. So we pushed it out to four points. Felt like it was really smart and really measured to that point. We got that extra buffer, and you're thinking so few so few mo- minutes left in this game. Um, being able to hold the French out off the try line a number of times in in really sort of tough circumstance. Surely we can we can keep them down to even just penalties um and you know at least make them kick for it and then it all breaks down and you know put yourself in the shoes of a french fan like watching the team grab grab that last try and and get up by a point knowing the conversion doesn't matter and and you've got it like you'd be just absolutely thrilled um but just such a big missed opportunity for the wallabies to to ruffle the feathers on on a team that is the host for the world cup next year and looking like very very possibly one of the top three teams, you think, without really much argument for that tournament.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure they'll take some good learnings from this. I mean, even just playing at the Stade de France, you know, and that sort of cauldron-like environment, I think is going to be really valuable for these guys. But, you know, Rennie needed this win quite badly, I think. I mean, the Scottish performance wasn't great. Um, I think we played a lot better in this. You know, we did kick the ball a whole lot more than we normally do but I think actually that was working for us in a lot of ways we were gaining some good territory at times and you know I did like the fact we weren't trying to run it out of our own half which we often try and do and it gets us into trouble so you know overall I think we played quite well but it's just yeah it's heartbreaking to lose in that fashion where you seem to capitulate in the last five minutes
1: I think you do you do have to remember though like it's very easy to watch this game and then be so bitterly disappointed because we were so close to a victory here. But going to this game, I gave us no chance. I think a lot, most people gave us zero chance and thought we were in for a little bit of a thrashing against what should be a dominant French side. But this, this should be like, it's a very much a step forward from what we've sort of seen. Um, yes, we don't get the win, um, but this is absolutely. Going into, as you say, enemy territory, Start Francais. This is where we're going to be next year in some big matches. And to be able to have this team once again, still not our number one team. Do we know what our number one team is? I don't know. But step up on this occasion um, to put on a bit of a performance like that. You've got to be proud with the boys for the most part. Then especially with a few debutants in there, sort of starting debut. You've got the likes of Jock Campbell and the like um, stepping up on a big stage.
0: Yeah, I think missing a whole lot of key players that we'll probably see next year. So we will be a better outfit going into the World Cup for sure. You know, we still missed 28 tackles in this game, which I find astounding. I didn't actually notice that. That's still a lot of missed tackles, so we can improve on that. France hadn't had a run out for, what, nine months since the Six Nations. So they'd have had a big sort of break between internationals. They they played against Japan but I guess it wasn't wasn't quite their
1: number one sort of outfit yeah. that was running there, but I'd I take we, it. We,
0: yeah, I mean, you can look at it both ways. We've had a long season. We've got quite a lot of injuries this year. The boys are kind of right at the end of, of their run um, and the French, they kind of had a nice pre-season and they just started their domestic season you know, that, that you see the Wallabies at the start of their year, often they're quite rusty. I think the French obviously weren't at their best, but I think we really did show that we can match them physically. We've got the fitness um, and we've got the try scoring ability when we put things together. Like, we can score points from anywhere. I think that was really important to show that as well.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. That I think there were a lot of pluses out of this game. I don't know if I... Um, See it the same way as Toby that this is a, a win that Rennie needed. Like obviously, if it had been a win, um, it's a massive, a massive win um, because I think the the way the way it gets um, broken down that the analysis of it is we took a certain game plan into this French game. We recognise they kick out of their half, barely ever play um, from from their half, and and they want to push you down into your corners. Um, we counted that really well. Um, we were, again, very measured. The discipline was better. Um, like the, there was just the, – and, and so anyway, so I think Rennie, you know, and the, and his team should get a rap for that because I think that was a really good plan to take into this game and it was executed pretty well, but for a few really critical moments. And straight after the game, I, I sort of had a short list of things that I thought were just – almost individual, individually poor decisions which sp- turned the game at certain moments. And, and aside from these, we were really solid throughout. And these players, bar one, um, were really solid throughout. Um, so the moments for me were we had a, um, Jock Campbell running it out of our half with about 90 seconds left in the first half. Instead of kicking it down, basically, you know, yeah, taking the ball, putting it as far from our yeah. try line as possible, it was yeah. a very, it was what we had been doing. And yet, very late in the half, not with a lot of support around him, he chose to run. And this is another game where the the Wallabies breakdown was a bit under supported. The French got a roll on that, that tackle and took the ball and went and scored. And yeah. you just think if you kick that ball away, you at least make them. Choose to attack from their half or kick it back to you, and you're just burning time. Like that, that tactic um, should have should so have been employed again to finish out the half. I think that would have prevented a try.
0: So, are we saying he's essentially responsible maybe for two tries being let in from the French? I mean, I think generally had a pretty good game, but you're right. There were a couple of key moments in the game that he let us down.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if I put the other one on him too. Like if you think about them, like not making the tackle there at the death. Um, between him and Tom Wright, like that's that's part of it. But I mean, yeah, you know, there, there are missed tackles, and then there's like, you know, creating turnover or offering turnovers and 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 creating pressure for your team. Like at that point, if you can't make the tackle, a lot of players aren't going to make the tackle. The the guy's an elite winger. Uh, I you know can't can't hang that on 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 his shoulders of one tackle. But choosing to run the ball in that situation seemed to deviate from the plan that had been working so well. Um, another time was uh, again, having received a kick, Tom Wright was being um, sort of pressured by the French kick chase and got tackled. We had some support. The guys were rucking over the ball. Tom Wright chose that moment to try and to put the ball down and try and stand up underneath all those guys and and kind of pick and go again. But what ended up happening was that he stood up and we had no players on the ground anymore to create like a barrier to the ball. And so the French were just able to use their feet and ruck over the top of it and turn it over. So that was a decision like well, you didn't need to get up and try and create anything there. You had the support around you. Our guys in the contest over you and the ball would have had a better chance of retaining the ball if you hadn't taken your body out of play as a barrier to the French. Like That was – you just didn't need to do that. Um,
0: yeah. And then the kids. Valentini
2: dumb kick at the end. That was just an absolute yeah. horrible kick and gave the possession back in, in midfield and gave the French a, a good position to attack from. So so those are those are individual decisions that are just blights on their game, where I think those players all played very well beyond that. But the person I'm saying who was ice cold in a bad way was Hodge. Hodge came on and was just completely out of out of step with the pace of this game and just muffed everything and only had a few opportunities to do anything, but muffed. Muffed um restarts and a bad clearance, just just creating pressure for the wallabies and playing at the wrong end of the field. I think that 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 it might be the only knock on Rennie and the coaching staff is like, why would you make that sub that late in the game? Foley's not injured. Just keep those guys in there that might be tiring, yeah. but at least they're up with the pace of the game. They're controlling the, the team well, taking Foley out and putting Hodge in at 10 just to save Foley's um minutes. Like it just that feels like a bad decision. That it's probably the only thing I'd hang on Rennie.
0: Does, well, I said he justified it with saying Hodge is a bigger body in defence and he's got the big boot. Yeah, so I figured it was that, for the that boot. was the right. Well, but then the boot yeah, let think, us down twice. Yeah, no, I just so, I don't think. I, does does I the think fact that Jock the keep him? In does that. the
1: fact that Jock had a reasonable showing here mean that if we have Jock and Banks now healthy, that eliminates the need to have Hodge in your twenty-three? or you carrying
0: ten. He he shouldn't be in the twenty three unless he's starting. I think. And he should, he's just we don't, not he should a good impact a player. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if not... you're going to start him at fullback, sure, like you can give him a go, but I think to bring him on late in the game, his turn of pace is horrible. You know, sure, he's got the long kick in him, but I think that's enough. Like he's he's, he's from the old mindset
2: we had, where you where you bring on the bench, you bring on the finishers to just. Def- like defend out your lead. So it's like, it's not yeah, a very a assertive. Mindset. That's right. It's, it's a different mindset. It's from a few years ago when we were more afraid of losing than we should have been. And we've had all these guys like, you know, maybe Tamur and Hodge on the bench. You're like, Oh, they're solid. The they'll, they'll big body in defense, like they'll, they won't let you down there. And we'll yeah. just, we might not get as much attacking, attacking, um, fuel out of them, but that's not their role. And you're like, well, actually you're just stunting your attack and you're not necessarily, doing that badly in defence. The defence, uh, you know, missed tackles are high, but the structures are good. You're putting that guy in there. He's not adding anything on the counter. Mm. Yeah. And, and if he starts muffing when... his lines as a kicker, he just he wrecks you, which is what happened.
0: We need guys with a bit of X-factor, but also that can keep their heads. Like I find the way either Hodge or Pattaya, it's like both guys are going to make mistakes late in the game. Both guys can in one way or another, lose you that game. I think we need to rethink some of Rennie's selections. I know that he's not, the, you know, the sole selector. The fact that, I don't know, we tend to think that Hodge is the sort of band-aid on any sort of wound that the back line yeah, has. That needs and to go. Adam Ashley Cooper used to be able to do it. There were certain guys, Dane Hadley, petty you know. I think Reese Hodge is not the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The All Blacks don't tend to do that very much. I think we need an outside back that someone can score tries late in the game.
1: Look, I mean, yes, Rennie has been a little bit guilty of this, but I think, I mean, as much as we've said a little bit of stuff that Campbell didn't do well, he did a lot of stuff really well in this game. And I think I was saying it to um, you boys, it almost felt like a little bit of hellaway vibes with jock campbell at the back like he was overall being very sensible it was kind of feeling very reliable in what he was doing and he was also seeming to be able to spark something in attack and take opportunities um so i really liked seeing that a little bit more in this game and look i think we just need to spend a little bit of time just appreciating that try from 95 meters out that these guys set up you know, the chip cake over the back from the French that looked like might have us in a little bit of bother. Um, we managed to get a couple of sort of quick offloads. We don't panic. We get it out wide. We see Tom Wright burn Pino on the outside um, and with multiple sort of support runners on the inside as well. Campbell handing off to Fuchetti, who I don't think any, any of us thought was going to be able to. He nearly didn't do it. I, I had he no... only outrun
0: Intermac, who maybe I, isn't the quickest. I mean, um, I was like, oh, it's it's it.
1: Icky Town. I was like, he's in, and then I was like, oh, it's Faketi. I was like, is he in? Can he do that? He had the little
0: goose step to get out of the oh, but he and...
1: made it. Yeah. Oh, I destroyed his shin in the process, but God, he, he scored the try. So that's going to be on highlight reels for many years. So. You've got to appreciate that yeah. overall. Like Yeah, that was
2: an uh, excellent try. And as a team gotta, try it needed the support runners, yeah. it wouldn't have happened without that extra yeah. effort from all those guys.
0: You've got to feel bad for him. You know, that's a great moment. And then to be five, ten yeah. minutes later off the field and headed home now. Yeah. Pretty yeah. heartbreaking for very him. Tough, very um, tough. Um, but you know, he's had a good season. He'll hopefully recover. Yeah, won't be underrated underrated
1: player by many people, especially um, like two thirds of this podcast.
0: he's going to, he'll have maybe Beal floating around as someone who might be wanting to play in the centres for the Waratahs, Joey Walton's back. There might be a little bit more competition, but I think he's good enough probably to have another strong season for the Waratahs, perhaps push his case for the World Cup. I think you may see him miss out potentially, but, you know, it's good to build depth there because we do need more specialists Probably twelve to be honest, if Karevi's not around. Um, Ikitao's been so reliable. I think he's he's excellent. He's world class, I think. Fiketty's not quite there, but he's he's been pretty solid this year.
1: Talk to me about Will Skelton. We saw him off the bench here today. Do you see a player that's headed to the Wallabies World Cup, or should we be um, looking elsewhere? Or do we just need more time and more starts for this this guy?
2: I think I think we need more times and time at starts, but I think he's definitely in the mix because he's got that um, just the the huge physical presence which gives him so much advantage in things like like mall defense. um we see people like Darcy, Neville, even Frost a bit like they're they're getting pretty good at swimming through the mall and and breaking it down as an attacking weapon. um Skelton almost doesn't need to be as good as those guys It's slipping through because he's just enormous. Um and he can just reach over the top and, and drag on on the ball. And and he did that effectively in this. He was effective in the line out. Thought the line out overall was was pretty good, unfortunately. Flourfinger had a couple of rogue throws. Um but no skeleton is a guy who I think does deserve to be there. And um that I guess you get him the minutes and the familiarity um he should be beating out someone like Philip potentially with the with the strength of the younger guys coming through. There's only going to be limited spots if you think Darcy and Frost are definitely there. Is Neville aging out? Is Philip aging out? Is Skelton getting in there ahead of them? Um, you've got a couple of guys who kind of float utility, a little bit of second row in them as well. Um, how many of those do you pick in lieu of an actual purist second row? Um, I think he's definitely in the mix, and more minutes uh, will be a benefit. We just just need to keep him kind of fresh in those combinations, so it doesn't feel like you're you're bringing in this kind of one out X factor off the bench. He needs to he needs to link in with all the good set piece stuff that our guys do, and and you know be be more than the sum of the parts, as opposed to just like this mm. unique physical um, piece you can just add. Um, the way the way Pete Samu comes onto the field and just immediately starts linking in with guys and adding to what we're doing um, as a unit—that's that that's what you want to see from him, and I think he can do that.
0: I'd, I'd go further and say I think Skelton's a lock for the World Cup um, based on that performance. I mean, he hadn't played for the Wallabies. Well, he's not a prop. Starting? Huh? <laughs> oh. very good lad. <laughs> He hadn't started for the Wallabies for, what, six years? He still hasn't. So, Has it
2: been that long? Wow. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, he hasn't started for six years for the Wallabies. The fact he's 30, we've lost a number of years of his peak performance. He was 24 last time. He's... Yeah, it's a real shame. Um, but, you know, I think we've got to make the most of the time we have with him around. Um, it was really good to see him match the reserve lock for the French off the bench very mm. similar sort of yeah, um, body shape, huge guy as well. Um, so I think, look, he's a key piece. If you have and Thor healthy, Skelton healthy, Balotini at the back, these kind of bigger bodies, I think can really make us a formidable presence in defence. Um, and then you kind of have those sort of high IQ players around that. I think it's going to be a really good forward pack we can pull together for next year.
2: The thing that worries me about the Ford pack is you took like he comes on as a reserve, you think hey, wow, like the class of a skeleton off the bench, the way our front row stocks are going at the moment, a couple of bad line out throws, and all of a sudden you're trying to um keep the French at bay with a front row of Robertson Gibbon and Flaufight. Yeah, that, like that that, that yeah, combination of bring on a reserve hooker who's not he's not like his throwing isn't as bad as it had been. But it's still probably a slight weakness, and in again in the situation late in the game, you you have the volatility of his throwing, and knowing that if you get it wrong, it's straight to a scrum, and you and you put in Gibbon and Robertson in against the
0: French. It's but that's temporary. not a great feeling.
2: Yeah. I know that's it's temporary. Moment. It's like again that's... tactically decisions in yeah. the game, coaching. If you can keep your props in there a bit longer, do you because you know this is the immediate outcome of a bad throw. Yeah. Do you keep Perecki on a bit longer? Yeah. Like,
0: Possibly. that's
2: that's yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was a bit like, harsh I mean, on
0: playing. I mean, Rennie said that he thought that throw wasn't crooked.
2: It wasn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. But, it was, I don't know, but yeah. it has been a factor, and it just the way those fact those issues combined, those weaknesses combined, put you in a position where a scrum in your half for the French, not great, but good platform for them. Another well,
0: challenge defensively. Leo, so there you go for next year. Mm. It's the solution.
1: Did no, we it's not. did we enjoy a bit of the Tani Um, the return of form for our old Tong and Thor here. It's been a little while since we've seen him have a proper impact on a game, and I think we saw it a bit back here. Um hopefully we're seeing um, him capture a little bit of that spark that he used to bring to some of these games.
2: I think people must have gotten better at by like defending him like he really was almost like this really challenging like le- like high leg lift um driving runner was hard to bring down I think they sort of figured out how to how to tame him a little because he just doesn't quite get the same impact and I'm not sure if it's because he's lacking um but his
0: his effort and his season. and his
2: and his fitness yeah. I think uh I, I find like that that that's definitely an improvement good to see him. Um, start and, and play as many minutes As he did
0: And Christy Doran was saying it's his best Kind of performance in a gold jersey I wouldn't have gone that far I think, it I was think a, that's true. a very Big improvement on how he's been playing It's last... just this year has yeah. been not Six a Six months, even yeah. the whole year Head but...
2: in the right direction, that's what you'd say
1: That's right um, Do you guys have any other thoughts On this game before we move on um, And have a chat about the Springboks and the English it's just heartbreaking, Paris. Heartbreaking, Paris. Won it. Midnight in Paris. That's right. There's always next year. Um, may we'll be back. This could be the World Cup final. It's very bad. <laughs> I'm not going to commit to that or put any money on that. Oh, but...
2: actually, one one thing I will just very quickly add. I'll tell you what, these days you might as well go for the pilfer because it feels like they're missing enough of people having a second go after the rucks formed guys who haven't supported their way whole
1: hands um, on the ground thing is like you can do that now it's fine yeah like they've, they've really
2: want. eased off calling that and until yeah. they until the refs click and, and reset um we're missing opportunities the french did it to us a number of times um yeah they, they the officials got them a few times but there were more like it's almost like if we do it every time they won't blow it every time will they and you're like well probably not and that they get some of these steals and yeah. our breakdown is still a weakness we need to work on that and we need to be a bit more threatening at like the opposition I'm looking yeah. for this weekend to see a different man in the seven and i reckon we're going to get some turnovers
0: yeah, he's see. always on the ball
1: boys talk to me about england argentina um we saw a bit <laughs> um, a bit of uh negative press towards eddie jones after this one um, biggest thing I saw which I think everyone was um, bringing up was the fact that they put in Ben Young's in nine um, it was just a bit lackluster in it sparking any attack for this team um, even with like what they probably are hoping is their new sort of 10-12-13 combo with um, Marcus Smith, sort of um, Farrell and then Manitua Lange back there as well but it just couldn't really spark anything um, took until uh, they brought on their sort of young um reserve halfback in Van Poor Fleet, who just stepped through and just ran run sort of thirty meters almost untouched to score a try. And everyone's going, oh, why are we why are we having parallel here? But um, Befelli pretty much took all, pretty much all of um Argentina's points except for just one try to Carreras. Um, but absolutely kicking masterclass from him, and Argentina just happy to put um the three points over whenever they could and yeah end up getting the win here hold out england in that last 10 minutes um and win by a point to absolutely crush Eddie jones a little bit here once again there's people calling for his head um calling for him to be replaced um before the world cup
0: i mean yeah you've got to see checker had that um you know that that Wallabies, he sparked that Wallaby's performance against England in the 2015 World Cup. And then as soon as Eddie Jones took over England, he didn't get a win over him that whole time that he finished up with the team. So in that four years, it was what? Something like 7 With So good
1: that got this again.
0: Like, it's so good that end up being yeah. Cech
1: and Eddie Jones again. It's just it's so He's, funny.
0: And I said it, I don't know who I mentioned it to, but I think, you know, check is really... Setting himself up here. If Rennie doesn't get the extension for 2024, Checker could swoop back into the wall of his job. Um, if he continues to get these sort of results for Argentina, they've beaten the All Blacks, they've beaten England at Twickenham. I mean, two huge performances. And I know that often it's Checker on the short term, you know, he'll he'll get results for the one or two years and then it goes stale, but you know, you've got to give him credit. This is huge. Maybe it's just he knows how to manage people. He knows how to get them up for a big game. And his tactics maybe aren't all there, but maybe he has improved as a coach. Maybe he's adding more strings to his bow. Um, but you just love to see it. England lose at home. I mean, Eddie Jones is on the brink of losing his job. He seems to be able to just, you know, do something at the right time to kind of hold on to it for long enough. But I, I'd say that... If he doesn't do well in the six nations, there it could be a risk of him getting fired as well.
1: And the funniest is that England, I mean, they're playing Japan this week, but then they have to face the all blacks and the Springboks still, um, in this northern um tour end of year tour. So look like it could be a lot of um pressure mounting on Eddie Jones and the if they I mean if they if they lose They, I mean, you'd expect them to beat Japan this weekend. If they lose, then two in a row at the end of the year
0: will be a lot of questions. Could be a good excuse to get rid of him ahead of the Six Nations, yeah. um, Because I think he has upset a lot of people along the way here. So, yeah, a lot of people are very sick of his behavior.
2: You say lose two in a row. They've got New Zealand at Twickenham the week after Japan, Japan, don't we?
0: I mean, it's the so, last two. The Zealand last
2: two.
1: South so, yeah, I'm assuming. A oh, further in two in a row and after. And this. then lose yeah. another yeah. two in a row.
0: Although, yeah. Japan are no mugs and they'll have a lot of motivation, you know, to beat Anthony Jones' team, given he coached them to a famous yeah. victory. I think Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown. It they could savvy get, too. Yeah, they it's, can take that
2: as well. It's a dodgy now it's a very dodgy time because not not starting with a win and then Japan, New Zealand, South Africa. That's yeah, who England's it's not got. Easy. That's um yeah, no, no saying, room for error. Three wins. Is the only thing that's gonna silence critics.
1: So before we look at this weekend's fixtures, we we'll are also just check in on what's happening in the women's rugby world cup. Um we had the semis on the weekend. England took down Japan 26-19. Um, they still remain favourites, I think, ahead of a sold-out Eden Park final um, that's coming up this weekend and who are their opponents. It will be New Zealand after a very, very tense affair against France on the weekend. They got home in the end 25-24. to um, Absolute heartbreak for the French um, number 10, their kicker, missing a penalty late in this game to potentially knock the hosts out of their own world cup here but we do get the final that we all were well i was definitely hoping for canada uh canada versing france in the bronze medal match and then england versus new zealand in the final eden park as i said sold out this weekend um on saturday that'll be a great um end to what's been a really successful tournament there And then, guys, looking forward to what we get to see overnight uh, for us from the Northern Hemisphere this weekend. And, look, it kicks off um, with Ireland-Fiji on uh, early Sunday morning, about midnight, um, Saturday night, uh, from Dublin. Then we have Italy hosting Australia, and we've had a few um, mentions of what we think the team might be coming up against this one. Um, We'll have England, Japan, as we highlighted before, um, coming to us on Sunday afternoon, 2.15 Australian time, Wales, Argentina um, also coming to us, and France, Springboks as well. So again, a whole load of games that you should be super excited for there. And then come Monday morning, we'll have Scotland, New Zealand um, as well, which we'll have a chat a little bit more about as well, I'm sure with the likes of Finn Russell making a surprise return to the Scotland squad there. But guys, I keep refreshing to see if we do have a finalized Wallabies team here. Um, we've had a bit of a note of some of the players we expect to see in the likes of Tom Robinson, likely to get the start in one slipper getting a rest, Alan Alalotoa, um becoming the latest Wallabies captain for this game. It looks like, and what toby's flashing me a latest update um which what is that frost
0: i think the australians reporting i think via christy doran that the only players to retain their spots from last or starting spots from last week's game are nick frost lenny Kitao, tom wright and jock campbell so the rest are changes to that all right so
1: let's let's take me through it we know i've already told you tom robinson Hooker, we don't have anything finalized. What are we thinking?
0: So it has to be either Falau or North Lonigan. So they're they're reporting Alan Alata forms a brand new front row alongside Flau Fyinga and Matt Gimmon.
2: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Oh they're, they're gonna try okay. and give these guys a, right. a decent amount of time. Rugby if you don't do it now, when are you gonna do it?
0: To, you continue to will Skelton Wilton Skelton, Skelton Nick promote it right? to the starting yeah, so The starting spot in the second row, Nick Frost. Then the back row, you want to have a guess of who we to to there? It's going to be
2: Gleeson, McWright, maybe Hannigan. Samu. Oh, Hannigan, of course, yeah, because they're going to get him six, some minutes.
0: Gleeson and McWright, yeah.
2: With with maybe so Pete Samu got, off the bench. bench.
0: We've got Hannigan, then we've got Fraser, and then Pete Samu. Samu.
1: See, that's almost... I like that we're giving Simon more time, but I almost feel like it's almost a snub to, like, start him in this game. Like, I almost feel like
0: that's Although almost solidifying. Always... You're starting it in at eight and he can play a yeah. different role there. Yeah, Is it maybe. a missed opportunity for Lange and I think you'll have plenty more opportunities, but, yeah. I mean, okay. it's, it's a pretty lively back row there yeah not the biggest, not the biggest by any not means, the biggest, but, but very dynamic they'll go very all day, quick. yeah. then we've got so I think we kind of were aware Let's that... be Jack Jake Gordon Jake and Noah
1: Jake and Noah are in the halves, right? yep, yeah.
0: correct. And then, then if you're got, saying
1: state tower's keeping is thirteen, then it's gonna it's going to be Hunter and Len, yeah, yep,
0: yeah, that's right. And then we've and got. Then... We need another winger, back so it's three. You know the fullback got to be Mark. Oh, sorry. Well, we no, top right. No, Tom
1: Jocks fullback. Jock, Tom so, so it's got
0: to be Marky yeah. Mark. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. Hopefully, he left. doesn't have any howlers.
1: Nah, I'll be He's right. That's Italy. Look, that's it's going to be that sort of game. I think there's going to be lots of loose ball. They're going to throw the ball around a lot. It's not. There'll be some fun things, but it's not going to be a very clean and like really structured game. It's just not going to happen.
0: Well, who's, thank, who's I mean, the bench then? I'm thankful that Pattaya isn't starting. They've got, so we've, we've got a bench. We've got in the squad, to be honest. like Yeah. Yeah. He's still oh. there. Tom Robertson on the bench. Uh, we've got Kenny yep. Yeah. Noss again yep. in reserve hooker. Yeah. Got Darcy Swain. Oh, Darcy from Suspension. We've got Langy Gleason in the reserve back row spot. So um, Tate got... should
1: be the reserve halfback if we're following yeah, the our normal rotation system. Yeah, Tate's there. Okay. Um, you
0: want to guess who the twenty-two jersey goes to?
1: Big Benny, Benny D, Hot Ben Donaldson. Yeah, Ben Donaldson. Yeah, he's got, Pattire, got it. Pattire, Pattire, twenty-three. Pattire's in the twenty-four. Uh, that's disappointing. That's such a high wow. twenty-two.
0: So just to reiterate, we've got Gibbon Fanger, Alaleta, Nick Frost, Will Skelton, Hannigan, Praise McWright, Pete Samu, Jake Gordon, Lola Siyu, Tom Wright, Hunter Paisami, Len Ikitao, Mung, Mark Nwanganitawase, and Jock Campbell. Yeah. Okay. So that's a pretty that's a reasonable starting lineup. I think you know we're so getting expected that? a little bit worse. This a reported but... on the Australian. So Yeah,
2: so that's that's their that's their effectively linked
0: of... to Fox Sports News yeah. Corp, which...
2: but that's the, that's their kind of inside drop, which means it's pretty much that, and they might they might have snuck one thing different. Like they're usually mm. by this point, they're they're pretty much I mean,
0: pretty locked. Yeah, I mean, they put out the actual. You can't see it here, but they yeah, put out yeah, the they, list. They've put it properly. They've actually
1: listed it properly. Yeah, that doesn't look like
0: yeah. a. Um, a the two de- debutants, obviously, Marky Mark and Ben Donaldson, which I think is a great story. Ben Donaldson, I think, big things to come for him. Yeah. Um, hopefully he gets on, maybe forms a bit of a combination early with Jake Gordon before he gets replaced or something. But I think he's, um, you know, he's potentially going to get ahead in the pecking order of Noah. If, if Noah's not playing to his potential, I think that, that could be... You know, ben Donaldson is someone That's with bad. plenty of potential. I think he's a better 10 than Tane Edman, to be honest. Um, 100% so, yeah, prediction. really good opportunities for a couple of guys there, a couple, yep. of, tars, a couple of Tars boys.
1: And and keep an eye on um, number 11 for um, Italy as well, Monty Ioni, who we're going to see in Melbourne Rebels colors next year for the Super Rugby um, is coming over. A bit of an exciting talent over there as well. So what's your prediction for the game, boys?
2: Australia by eighteen.
1: Eighteen, you reckon?
2: Yep. I reckon we'll take it beyond two tries.
0: Yeah, I think there's a risk that we do underestimate Italy. You know, they've got it they got a win this year in the Six Nations. They are improving. There's a probably a real lack of cohesion in this lineup. So I'm wary to predict too much of a margin, but I reckon we probably looking at yeah two converted tries maybe around the twelve to fourteen points. I think if we play well, we have the potential to score a lot more than that and, and pile some points on. But you just never know. I think these sort of games are a trap, particularly for the Wallabies, in a spot where we're maybe um, you know, confident of a win. And particularly overseas. So we've got to be wary of the Italian opposition for sure.
2: I I reckon this is sort of a 10 to 28 or Whatever it'd be thirteen to thirty-one type endeavor. Like they'll they'll get a try and maybe kick some some points, but if we should be able to hold them out, because I think the training that the guys get in the squad, the defensive structure will be there. It's just whether we can light up the attack and I reckon there'll be a bit of turnover ball. Those back rowers will be ranging out, um, supporting their their wide backs. So I reckon there's lots of tries from the end of the world opportunity.
1: That's what you'd expect and what you'd hope to see, absolutely. In terms of predictions for the other games in this round, guys, Ireland, Fiji. I don't think anyone's going to tip against Ireland. Um no. Shout out still to what Mac Hansen's doing um, on that oh. Irish team. Yeah. Um, Another
2: try on the weekend.
1: Yep. Makes Dissons. me so depressed that he. Left. Every time, every time. Um, England, Japan. Anyone game to take Jamie Joseph's men for an upset in Twickenham?
0: Mm, I'd I'd say they'll give England a scare, but England will get by, maybe with a narrow margin of say five to ten points. I think the um, first
1: half will be super close, and then I feel like it's they
0: won't be able to do
1: it. But if they I, think, I think enough it's...
0: England might panic, and who knows? Yeah,
2: I think it's close for sixty. I, I reckon it's only really late. They'll probably they'll probably put put one or two on, and it'll it'll make the scoreline look a bit more flattering but if, I, th- I think J- japan are a good 60 minute team now not just a first not just a first half team
0: i think if we go back to this word cohesion which ben darwin is breaking all the time and it's you know been analyzed to death that it is one of the most powerful measures of, of a team's success japan has that in spades they really do you know, build that sort of cohesion within their training models and Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown obviously have been working on this for a number of years. Um, I think they're a team that can outperform, you know, their individual abilities. Uh, England are almost the opposite. You know, they've got a fair bit of talent there individually, but as a team they rarely play to their full potential. So it'll be really interesting to see how they match up.
2: Japan's also had a two-week run-up to this, so they'll be fresh.
1: Yep. And they've Japan. had, even with the Australian A and Japanese 15 sort of tour, they've been now together a fair while. Um, yep. Interested to see your boys' take on this. Wales, Argentina in Cardiff. Um, what's What's our feeling here? Obviously, Argentina, do they suffer a little bit of a come down from that high of taking down England and struggle to, regain that momentum
2: that's what i expect i'd like i'm not saying other teams going to play badly i'm sure it'll still be competitive but um they've been a bit hot like game on game off like the wallabies they obviously had game on game off and then a a bad finish the um, rugby championship i think they'll probably be pretty pumped after that win last week and and wales will be able to pinch this at home but i expect it to be close
0: yeah, I think that's a sensible approach to say that Wales probably can get the chocolates at home. It's a difficult place to play at the at the Millennium Stadium or Principality, whatever they're calling it now. Um, you know, Wayne Pivak as a Kiwi coach is changing the way that Wales are playing. They're becoming a bit more of an attacking threat threat attacking team generally. Um you've got to think Argentina probably have had some pretty robust celebrations, you know, early in the week. So I think it's it's really hard coming off that sort of high to keep it going. Let's see if Checker can can bring out some more magic and and get them pumped for this one. But I think Wales will probably scrape by.
1: Mm.
0: Um, France and the Springboks here, um, and
1: like Springboks have put out their team already. Here we've seen Willie R- Larue back into the starting team. They've d- continued to do their rotation with their front row with marks back onto the bench uh, with a lot of their sort of best players here. Um, what are you feeling about sort of this Springs box team at the moment? Do we feel like they're really going to be um, an ongoing sort of challenge in this tour and into the World Cup next year? Or are they, are they sort of doing a falling off a little bit or maybe you feel like maybe you're just not quite going to be able to keep that peak performance? Maybe
0: living in the past a bit with some of these players you know like We've yeah said that for a, lot a couple of, experience. of years, though. yeah and they do often perform but i mean they two. lost to- twice it's... to us
1: last year we beat them pretty comfortably in one of the games this year
0: hmm. yeah i mean they're a long way off the team they were in 2019 that's for sure and covid did play a significant part in that um through 2020 and they haven't really recovered from that i think it's Willie LaRue, for example, I mean, what is he, 35? I don't think he should be starting these sort of test matches. Um, maybe a good guy to, to bring a late in the game where you've got that sort of experience and you can just close it out. But, yeah, there's a number of players in that I think are past the, the peak and, and maybe they do need to be looking and injecting some more youth. But is it too late before the next World Cup? Maybe it is.
2: And and some of the youth they've brought in, guys like Damien Williams, they're just not the same level as a Andre Pollard. Like it's not at eighty minutes of of Willmser, you'll have you'll have moments, but it's I mean, not. I think
1: he's, he's he's not bad, but I think he's more of a fullback, and now they're now yeah, forcing him into a yeah. ten, which is the hardest yeah. thing for
2: him. But that's what I mean; like 100%. they're they're trying to develop him because he's their next ten. That's must be the way they see it, and I don't think he has the the performance potential of pollard so they're they're it's kind of like like we've had times where we've just been a bit kind of lacking in a position and um the next generation of players sort of didn't present themselves everyone was kind of just the waters were muddy and everyone was a bit bit the same level and no one really stood out no one was throwing their uh, putting their best foot forward as the backup that sort of feels like where they're at in a couple of different positions and Certainly, even unless someone just springs springs up and is a superstar, like if they get a Marcus Smith type person just appears out of nowhere, um, that's that's kind of the dream that's... for them now because they don't have a, a superior backup. um Willem, so I don't that's... think I don't think I don't think it'll be enough to get over the French in this side. I think they'll be tired after their long season, and I think the French will be now a bit a bit shaken but um, warmed up after the Wallabies game.
0: Surprising that you know, I'm I'm sure that Elton Yankees probably would be playing this role if he was in the squad and hadn't had those indiscretions. Mm. William Sarr started his career at least as a fullback. I think that's kind of his forte. You know, it's kind of like playing Damien McKenzie there at 10 for the All Blacks. I don't think it would quite work. Um, Jesse Krill, again, another guy that's probably passed his his best. Yeah. Um even you know Peter Steh toy he's not the player he was say five years ago but even
1: fast look even Faf's not really Yeah, standing there's up the a same number way. of
0: guys there's a number of guys in there mm. um but I think they'll they'll try and push them through for the next what is it it's only 12 months now that yeah. they need to get through and then I think there'll be a quite a big the turnover. big shift yeah, Transfer, big France actually had a answer at they're, they're peaking at the right time. I think they're in a position that say, South Africa were in 2018, 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're I younger. think front, yeah, but yeah, and probably, to be honest, more talented.
2: They've probably got five that. years of peak in them with just the players they've got.
0: Yeah. And we're hoping to be at that point, hopefully, when we come into our own Home World Cup. Um, it's a real fine balance to, to be able to do that with, you know, Younger teams tend to not win World Cups. That's been proven. But, you know, old teams like this, it's 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 a fine balance. You can really just fall off a cliff with, with some of the performances. So I think France should improve from the run against us. They should beat them, I think, relatively convincingly. And the final game,
1: Scotland All Blacks. And I want you guys to put yourself in the... Um, shoes of Gregor Townsend here because what's happened in the Scotland squad is you've picked your squad you've left out Finn Russell um, who many consider one of still one of the world's sort of top tens and playmakers um, especially by current players I think Richie Mwanga came out and said that he was one of his favorite tens Um, you've left him out of your squad you've gone in with Hastings and Kinghorn you've had a close loss to the Australians with Kinghorn, you've had Hastings come in, um, beat the Fijians, but get injured and now forced you to recall Finn Russell, and now you have a game against the All Blacks. Do you A start Kinghorn against um the All Blacks and know that every time he makes any mistake, everyone in the um watching on TV or in the crowd is gonna be like, well, oh, Finn wouldn't have done that. Or two, do you shatter his confidence by immediately starting Finn Russell against the All Blacks, not even um in the squad at the start of this tour, and say, no, nah, you're not you're not ready for this to Kinghorn. What's the what's the right answer here?
0: I think you swallow your pride, give Finn Russell the keys, say, mate, do your stuff. No, I know we haven't got on maybe perfectly in the past, but you know, this is almost the biggest game that you can you can play at the moment so get out there and win it win it for us and you know if he doesn't play well then people will judge him on that and then Townsend doesn't get that that criticism coming his way
2: yeah i sort of agree that the likelihood is that the All Blacks come out and are um pretty lethal and the chance of your fly half pulling you back and keeping you in this game Who's more likely I think that the mercurial Finn Russell versus your other options are um I think there's only one way to go and and it's it's a it's a familiarity with those big matches the the comfort in those moments um, or at least the the experience of those big moments um, and the high pressure I think that's that's saying that you, you wouldn't want to hand off um and and Finn Russell would be a guy and then um that that takes the heat off the reserve. Yeah it's it's by by the time you, your bench are coming on you're either in, you're still in it and they've been sort of lifted into the, the intensity of the game without having to be in it uh, or you are just you know putting them out there to say do what you can do this game's more or less out of our hands
0: i mean king Hong lost lost them the game against australia
1: he did also score that. like an individual try like Yeah, he missed a very, very simple
2: kick. His kick lost them the game, but, you know, they've lost it many other times as well.
0: Hmm. I think Finn Russell is clearly the best number 10 in Scotland. And, yeah, he's divisive and maybe he's not great for the culture of the team, but on the field he performs, you know, within probably the best, say, five or six number 10s in the world. So I think you, you can't deny him that. You yeah. to give him the opportunity. Mm. No, it's 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 tough because he he is just one of those players, you know, you put him in a team against the All Blacks, he can make something special happen. And then it's at home. It's just the perfect occasion for him. That's it. You've got to do it.
1: And interestingly, the All Blacks haven't faced off against um, Scotland since 2018. So it's been a long um, shout since the last time these guys played each other. That was at Murrayfield as well. New Zealand did win that, but only by five points, 22-17. So the, they have had some co- close tussles, not quite the bogey team that the Scottish do to the Wallabies here, but every opportunity,
0: I think. Yeah, exactly. And Ireland's kind of that team for New Zealand, but I think Scotland have come a long way in the last few years and they will definitely be a tough opposition to get over the top of. Um, New Zealand are a bit fragile still, and I think there is definitely an opportunity there, but Scotland will have to play out their best to win this game.
1: Well, let's leave it there for another week of the Running Rugby podcast. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Um, looking forward to a, a good couple of games coming to us from up north this weekend, as well as the Women's Rugby World Cup final, New Zealand versus England there um absolutely going to be amazing scenes at Eden Park with that one I know Um make sure you are tuning in and following us on social media at running rugby podcast on Instagram or at running rugby pod on Twitter otherwise liking and subscribing whether wherever you listen to your podcasts um but make sure you have that um tv tuned in to um the rugby this weekend uh no sleep once again for lots of us who'll be up at all hours watching this um but that's what we've chosen in life and we love this game called rugby um, until saturday night keep on running
0: run